Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 12th of January 2024. And just like that, it's 2024. Yes, after what seems like a long winter nap, the Christmas tree branches are all back in their box, all the reds, all the purples and all the other colour bands packed together to make it easier to put up again in 11 months' time. That spoonful or so of mincemeat that we couldn't quite get into the last mince pie is at the back of the fridge. Sure, we'll find a use for that eventually. And the Green Edge is back with a new logo and a new set of themes for the year. Michael, it seems like a while since we last sat at each end of our Zoom line to do one of these podcasts. It did, and I've done jury service since that time as well, and got somebody off from a false conviction, we thought. But anyway, that's by the by. I'm sure the post office are listening with interest. That's another conversation. Well, our first post of 2024 has just gone out, and it's an interesting one that fits in with our theme this year of building competences for sustainability. And the post comes from a conversation we had back in November of 2023 with Leah Robson, who is the founder of a community interest company called Your Energy, Your Way. Now, Your Energy, Your Way is a designer and installer of whole house renewable energy solutions. It's based in Surrey and it operates across southeast England. Michael, you got the contact with Leah. What's the story there? There were two routes to Leah, primarily. One was through Better Talk from Nathan Van Gamblen, who oversees our apprenticeship training, and another through Kevin Holland of Solar Nation, of which she is a part. We've spoken to both Nathan and Kevin in the past, and we thought, let's finish the triangle and talk to Leah. She also is quite high profile, both in her Surrey area with her local authority, her local LEP, and with various government departments. She's both articulate, very well-informed, and highly competent. Yes, she certainly is. The big theme of the conversation, first of all with Leah, was about women in the type of trades that she operates with, which are fitting renewables, installing renewables of, of different types. And in the post, we talk about, we read a lot about women in top sustainability jobs, chief sustainability officers, But really, this is about women doing the actual doing jobs, if you like, within the trades for for renewables. And that was one of Leah's big things, isn't it? It is. And we need to take one step back here. There was a piece of work done by the Boston Consulting Group looking at green jobs worldwide and gender. And they saw the growth of green jobs from 21, 22, from about 88 million to about 155 million by 2030. The big thing that really strikes you when you look in some of this detail, only 25% of those jobs will be taken by women. They only reach parity or near parity in two particular areas, chief sustainability officer roles, where 54% of those roles are held by women, and also in the solar industry, installation and operation, where about 40% of those jobs are taken by women. So those are the two highlights for women. But it reckons from its own calculations, this bias to the labour market because of the green agenda, if not corrected, would put back gender equality by about 10 to 15 years worldwide. So there's a really big issue here. That's why it was great to hear from Leah, who was really tackling this head on and being very successful at it. Indeed. Well, when we talked to Leah, she told us that in April of 2023, Your Energy, Your Way launched a crowdfunding campaign 
and was successful in raising enough funds to take on some female trainees. And she has five female trainees. I think there's a split there. There are three trainees and two are actually doing apprenticeships, aren't there? Now, this is a fair old commitment towards training. And like any crowdfunding project, ethical or otherwise, the investment needs to be returned at some stage. And that return on investment will come from the trainees or apprentices once they've completed their training and are adding to your energy or waste reach and capabilities. If that is, she can hang on to them. Now, here's a clip from Leah, and this is how she described apprenticeship and trainee retention. I worry that the biggest sticking point might be this business about you can't be an apprentice and be on the hook for any of your training costs. So, so yeah, it's, it's tricky for employers. Culture has changed in that 50 years ago, there was a sense of loyalty, I think, to an apprentice master or whatever. And people just operate differently now. And it's really hard to put that amount of effort into training somebody that quite likely will leave you in a couple of years and go off and start their own business. So, yeah, so I guess that's why I like this idea of us maybe sort of slightly dividing and creating some companies that are similar to us, maybe part of a franchise or something like that, so that people have the opportunity to go out and grow their own thing but still manages to be financially beneficial to us because obviously we've got to pay back this loan. And I think everyone's trying to find ways to crack this thing. It's such a win-win. It's good jobs for people that might have ruled themselves out of them. And it's work that needs doing that's fairly well-paid, satisfying work. You know, it's, it's a win all around. It's- now, Michael, Lee is describing the strategy she has for retaining her trainees. This is an issue we hear from from other quarters about trainee and apprenticeship retention. But bottom line, as Leah says, these are good jobs and there are plenty of them out there, aren't there? There are. And therefore, apprentices well-trained and well-equipped are very mobile people and they can move around and acquire jobs. So you can understand why Leah was seeking to get some form of lock-in and guarantees both for the good of her business, but also because she did a crowdfunding exercise and has to return that cash. Another interesting part of it that she told us, and I think we mentioned this in the post, is that the lady trainees that she took on, they're a little older. These weren't just people that had just come out of GCSEs. These are not kids. These are older ladies. And the requirement there really is to pay them the living wage, isn't it, rather than just the apprenticeship wage? Exactly. Well, let's hear from Leah again, this time on a more general point that, again, we hear quite regularly on the subject of the need for renewables firms like Your Energy or Way dealing with a more systems-based approach to fitting renewables. We got some feedback from a slightly awkward customer last week who said, your guys were very good electricians, but um, they, they didn't really understand anything about broadband. The problem was we'd asked them if we could hardwire something and they'd insisted that we couldn't hardwire it. They had to, it had to all be over the, over the Wi-Fi and it was an absolute nightmare getting it connected. But, you know, there's so much of what we do now is internet connected. Sometimes we hit problems where people have got complicated mesh systems in their homes and we can't get things to talk or something to do with their security protocol that they got. You know, so you could have a little course just on some of that stuff. The edges are blurring and it's not just electricians and plumbers, it's it's IT security, it's you know, it's land cabling, it's Wi-Fi. All these things are coming into the renewables world because everybody wants their stuff to be attached to their smart home and batteries and all the rest of it are all hugely IT and software based. The heating landscape is becoming much more complicated, isn't it? It is. It is merging with other technologies and the whole aspect of design and the interplay of design. Because if you don't get the design and the calculations right at the start, looking at the total system, you'll end up with a system which is suboptimal. 
And that's the fundamental part of this. And I think, and again, this goes back to Lear's business, who do the whole retrofit piece around energy, but they also do EV charges. And of course, EV charges are two-way. They can flow power and energy from the car back into the house at optimum times. So you can actually play against the changing pricing of electricity. So you can make your pricing optimal, not just your energy usage optimal. So I think it's really quite clever. And the whole internet piece and interconnectivity is a critical part of the role as well. And a reminder that you can find this week's post, our first of the year, on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your usual podcasts. Now, Michael, big political shenanigans ahead this year with an election and all that. And I think it's fair to say that as far as the Green Edge is concerned, we're going to focus a little less on that and more on what real people are doing locally with regard to sustainability this year. But I guess we have to comment, first of all, on the resignation of a certain ex-conservative government minister, don't we? We do with Chris Skidmore. He wrote two letters. He wrote a five-page letter complaining about issues and why he was going to resign. And then he issued his formal letter of stepping down as an MP. And he wrote to Jeremy Hunt applying for the crown steward and bailiff of three Chiltern hundreds, of Stoke, Desborough and Burnham, or crown steward of Manor of Northstead. Quite an amusing process, I always think. But anyway, in that letter, his third and fourth paragraphs, I think, are quite useful. One of the messages that came out from his net zero review was very clear. Net zero is an opportunity, not a cost. And then he goes on in this fourth paragraph. There is now no economy without a green economy. This is a moment in time that will not come again. And it is a moment that the UK cannot afford to let slip. Basically, it's an opportunity not for us to go net zero, but to reshape our economy and to become a major supplier of capability, technology and skills around the world. And I think that's one we'd really buy into. It was a well-crafted letter over two pages, as opposed to his five-page complaint about the voting on Monday about oil in the North Sea. Now, I know there has been some criticism of Chris Skidmore saying that he's just resigning to take on the various professorships and consultancies. But I think the message, the positive message is coming across here from Chris is that, you know, let's just crack on with this. Exactly. And also, I think the message is, this is a cross-party issue we need to get full consensus on, not just in Parliament, but across the country. Without us engaging uh, with our minds and our wallets, these changes will not happen. Okay, and now we've had a pause over the Christmas period in the old posting and podcasting, but that's not to say we, i.e. the Green Edge, has been idle. In fact, we've been very busy, and that's going to continue into the first part of 2024, Michael. It is. We're embarking on two pieces of work which complement what we do as our core activity, and that is doing a piece of work around the future of engineering and looking at what that really means in manufacturing, and we're doing that with Ingenuity. And we're also continuing with our work with City and Guilds, not just with their internal podcasts, but also with helping them understand where they could focus to change their qualifications to make them more powerful within the green economy. So we'll be continuing that. And also we'll continue to contribute to other activities. In fact, we're talking to local authorities about how can we provide more information of greater use to them to use within their own programmes. 
much to do in 2024. Very true, and not to forget to vote. I never forget to vote. Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights. 